Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball and the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to BaseballDadsNewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Good morning, everyone. And today, uh, in another edition of Baseball Dads Podcast, we have uh, a special guest, a guy that I've known for a little bit now. And we've had uh, some real friendly dialogues. And I know he's a coach. He's a dad. So, John Nay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Paul. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, because I know you have experience in many areas. Tell us about you. Tell us about your your, your sons and the players that you coach. Sure. Uh, I've been um, coaching baseball since uh, my, my child turned eight, and he's 12 now. So mm-hmm. I've been around the, the game here for four or five years in different capacities. I started out really as a uh, coach of my son's team. Um, he was playing in a nine ten uh, age category and playing up as an eight as an eight year old and so um, that was a very good experience and uh, my son had a chance really to kind of get uh, get the experience from the older boys and um, kind of socialize them to the game and his first chance kind of playing in a more of a travel league and uh, my son is very um, very energetic. Uh, he's, he loves baseball. It really is his main sport. He likes playing a little bit of baseball or basketball and football on the side, but really baseball is his, his first love, and uh, he loves the pitch. And so I've, um, because we own a sports complex, um, mm-hmm. I have baseball coaches that uh, actually train at the facility, and so I've had him exposed to uh, baseball pitching coaches at an early age, and um, so that really um, that really is kind of how I got started. I, I love coaching. Uh, I don't coach every year. Uh, sometimes I'm a spectator, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, coaching is definitely a passion. And if I'm not coaching, I'm training, or uh, you know, certainly an excited parent on the sidelines cheering. So one of the three at all times. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Perfect. So we all kind of face challenges along this journey. And I, I think part of the purpose of this podcast is to, is to share that with other dads, other, other moms too. You know, I, I, when we started the baseball dads program, a lot of the moms got upset, but we, moms, we know we go through this too. We love moms, but what are some of the challenges that, that you faced in this journey so far? I think the, you know, the challenges, there's a couple of them. Um, some re- relating to getting good training and making sure that you're putting your kid on a good path uh, mechanically to play the game. And obviously the more um, they, they, they succeed at the game, the more they enjoy it and the more fun they have. So I've, I've invested time and energy into the training portion of it. That has a challenge from the standpoint that um, if your kid really loves the game, and he wants to play a long time, 
um, you want to make sure that you're setting your kid up to succeed and to get the best training possible. Um, and I have found that trainers aren't all the same out there. Some 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 uh, trainers really train based on their own experience only, and even mm. if they've played at a high level um, and, and they've been injured, um, you're getting you're getting training based on a person who went down a path and got injured as a result of it. And so right. <laughs> that isn't uh, right. the future you want for your kid. <laughs> right, 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 right. So. Well, you know, that's that, that's interesting because um, one of the, the videos that we put out when we kind of launched the Baseball Dads newsletter was uh, this fact that uh, parents don't listen or kids don't listen to their parents. Right, and I used the example of Joe Montana that he has a quarterbacks coach for his son, which is a story that my partner, uh, and our our business here, always tells. And but you said something very interesting that I think is something that parents need to really key in on is that you 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 were you were educating yourself so that you can make the right decision on who to send him to. Yes. Yeah, and, and that to me, it's like that's the issue is that when, when we say, my kid doesn't listen to me, just send him to somebody that he'll listen to. Um, now, they might listen to that person that you send him to, but we got to make sure that that person is saying the right things, right? Exactly, and then that's the biggest challenge is that, like you said, the kids don't always listen to to the dads, myself, I find that in, in everyday life, not only uh, baseball, but in everyday life right. is a challenge that dads face. Uh, but just because they find a coach that they like, uh, you know, the dads still have to be conscious of the fact that, um, you know, are, are you actually setting the kid up for success long term if that's what the kid wants, or are you setting the kid up that, you know, for injury possibly, yet he still might like the coach that he's working with, but he's not really right. what's important long-term. It's so important that, you know, this is why I think you're coming out to our Baseball Dad seminar and this is why we put on uh, these events and that we're now really working to create educational materials so that maybe your kid's not going to listen to you, you know, but as a dad, you still – you've got to know – what uh, not not who they're going to listen to, but what that person's going to say, and you got to be able to recognize that as, as right or wrong. One of the huge mistakes, and you, you know, you said it too, is that people go to someone who could play the game. And uh, my experience with that has always been, it's, it's kind of like uh, there's that old Seinfeld line where uh, where George says to Jerry, "It's like asking Pavarotti, teach me to sing like you." <laughs> Right, it, it just doesn't. There, there's, a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's, there's something about that that it's only. Or I used to use the example. It's like going to learn to cook from someone who knows how to eat. <laughs> right, it's, it's two totally different things. Someone's really good eater doesn't mean that they know how to, how to cook, how to make the food. So um, that's very interesting that, that you use it that way because I think those are things that uh, are really uh, important. So what? Of all the things you've done, you've, you've got a different experience because you're in the business. What's been the best thing you've done for your son as, a, as both a player and as to develop him as an individual? Well, I, that's twofold, Paul. I think the, you know, what the best thing I've done for my son is 
you know, after getting him exposed to a trainer um, and finding out that his injury kept him from the game, his brother, who plays at a D1 level, left injured because of the way he was trained. I think the best thing I did is I started asking questions out there uh, on a wider basis to find out, um, you know, why are why are why are these kids at a young age uh, starting to experience pain in their arm and their elbows in ways that right. you know kids maybe it used to be maybe they wouldn't get that till high school or um, uh, or college and and today's environment with all the travel ball with the young kids uh, like I said my kids started eight years old in a travel team and so it becomes really critical today to to make sure that you've got the right training. Um, the right coaching because whatever because of the environment and the competitiveness of the youth baseball, you're going to accelerate whatever whatever you're doing out there. You're going to accelerate it physically within your, within your kid, and so um, you know not to boast too heavily, Paul, about yourself and your training. But when I came across your program, and um, you know looking at just simple changes in mechanics that could lead right. to not only increased velocity but less twisting and turning, which is where injury tends to happen, um, I began to hone in on the training aspect of this and say, okay, listen, if my kid wants to do this, if he's just uh, going to play this for a year or two, fine. But if he's looking to you know, play in high school or college or has aspirations to go even further, um, if that's a dream that he has, then I'm going to do the best I can to facilitate it and find the training that can take him the distance uh, versus, you know, just kind of a local guy who may have played, says they played in the MLB, but if you ask a few more questions, why did you leave and the arm was uh, the problem or the elbow or the shoulder, uh, then maybe that you got to start asking more questions and, and figuring out other people to work with in that, in that regards. Right, right. What about him as a person? What do you think has been the best thing you've done for him to develop your, your children outside the game? Yeah, listen, I think the, um, I mean, the, certainly the camaraderie um, that comes with baseball and travel ball has been fabulous. I mean, when a kid's on a team with another boy, you know, in some cases it's maybe nice that parents and coaches could just, you know, when I was a kid we just played a lot of pickup ball and uh, parents and coaches were out of it and all of their, their aspirations right. were winning um, and uh, thinking that their kid's the next MLB star. Um, some of that could be taken out. I, you know, the, locally here we have a um, just a, a high school uh, coach that brings kids in and they just do pickup games. And so I think one of the better things I've done for him is I've just let him play um, with a bunch of friends and kind of gotten back to the old times when there wasn't a lot of pressure. Right. Uh, every pitch didn't matter. It uh, wasn't life or death. And you know, the kids are feeling almost to a point where this game is not fun because they're 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 feeling pressure from parents or coaches to perform. Uh, when it really should be about just kind of having fun. So um, part of I, I I've kind of surfed out a local high school uh, coach who just brings these kids out. They all get together and play, pick up ball like we did when when I was young, and uh, that's been a, a good thing for him. You know, it's very funny. <clears throat> we used to run a program uh, for young players called Sandlot, and uh, but there was there was a guy who who did something, and I, I'm just blanking on his name right now. Wonderful guy. And he he used kind of our concept in his area where he just got kids together and just played. 
and it started off with uh, his son and a couple of his friends, and they were playing like remember you used to play those games like if you hit the ball, if you pulled the ball, you were out. You know, it's like you could only hit the ball to a certain part of the field. And so when he had like four or five kids, he was playing batting practice games. He was playing those games like that. And then it grew and it grew and it grew where he started to have like games. And he'd have like 16, 17, 18 kids show up and they'd play games. And and he, little by little, parents started asking, hey, can I help out? Can I give you a hand? Sure. And he said he blinked his eye. And the next thing you knew was the kids had uniforms, they had teams, they had they were keeping stats, they got the town to turn the scoreboard on, and everything he tried to do just got he said he just it got away from him you know like it just it, he said it, it happened so fast that he couldn't keep track of it. But it, I remember him talking to me and saying. I, I started this thing, and I, I just really wanted to do something nice, and it just got swept up into this, into this thing that was just something different. And then, like the original kids, like stopped wanting to do it and stuff like that. It was very interesting when uh, when we when we let kids play, they want to play, and it was a great thing when it was one guy and the kids were just playing. Then all of a sudden, a couple parents come in. And they start putting a tent over that circus and, and charging admission, and all of a sudden you've got, <laughs> you know, you, right. you've got the uh, the opposite of what we're trying to do, you know. Right. Now, listen, parents in a lot of ways um, spoil it for the kids, and they, they bring in a competitive nature to it, and um, it's almost like the Joneses ex, uh, experience where if someone gets a new car and, and you have an older car, you're going to buy it right. and it better. Um, and the parents ruin it for the kids, and the love of the game. I think they kind of, um, they just kind of snap out of them, and uh, that's not good for the game. I don't think long term is that uh, kids ought to look at that as something that's fun and not feel the pressure. And um, uh, when 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 too many parents or coaches want to make something. Um, you know that starts revenue a revenue generating source. <laughs> that's when things right. go downhill quick. <laughs> right. Right, right. So one of the things I like talking to dads about is is, um, is those moments. You know, as parents, we all kind of have them. And they're like, you know, I always feel like there's a moment when, you know, uh, your kid does something. And it's not necessarily like a great, you know, it doesn't have to be a feat of athletic performance. But, you know, they kind of do something where you're like, okay, so some of what I'm trying to teach got through, you know, and, and – your kids demonstrating it. I, I always refer to them as those magic moments. Do you have any a few of those magic moments that you've had with your with your son or your players? Well, yes. I think Paul just uh, just yesterday actually, um, I was uh, looking at um, a new instructor, um, a little bit more hands-on instruction, and so I went out to your site and I found an instructor um, that was listed out there. And um, oh, great! Who'd you find? You know what? There was the gentleman in Pennsylvania, Bill. Um, it's uh, Good Sports. Um, yes, Bill Masulo. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, fantastic. Great. Fabulous guy. I had to drive three and a half hours to get out there, but it was worth every, uh, it was worth every minute. Oh, he's, he's a gem. He's, he's, yeah. one of the, he's one of the great guys, yeah. Spent an afternoon. <clears throat> he gave us four or five hours of his time. And, oh, wow. um, you know, when he just went through and, you know, sat down and non-pressure, 
um, asked him, you know, J.D., my son, what he was looking, what his intent was in coming, what he wanted to get out of the, the session, and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and from that point on, you know, I, I was pretty much out of the picture. It was him working with my son and trying to fulfill goals and, and, and things that he wanted to do, and it was just um, four or five hours we spent together. Went, you know, we did pitching for the first uh, four hours, and then we did batting for, like, the last, and uh, very interactive, very personal, um, a lot of it based on your program, um, looking at, uh, you know, the, the, the power L and looking at arm movement and shoulder movement and understanding, even right down to even some of the technical terms of how the socket and the arm works and how you right. facilitate health in that. And um, it was just... Um, a uh, very good program, and then we started talking a little, little bit about this uh, Texas baseball ranch, and he's been going there for every year, and, you know, serious, serious athletes that really want to uh, continue in the game. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that, but it's really just some very good, uh, like I said, it was a three-and-a-half-hour drive for me. I do that, uh, you know, in a heartbeat again and again um, just because it was so valuable. And, Paul, a lot of it was based on, what you do and uh, your videos and just the, the programs that you're developing or bringing other people in to share, um, just just a wealth of information. And my son just loved it. And like I said, he's anxious to go back uh, as quickly as I can, uh, you know, get the car turned around and head back to Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah, Bill, Bill is fantastic. He's a good, he's a good man. He's a good man. Any other, any other magic moments? I think the well, the magic moment of that uh, really was when I when when Bill sat down with my son and I was kind of out of the picture. Things that I had been saying to him about some of the videos and the tapes that I've been watching your stuff, um, he was repeating back to him. And you never know if your kid is listening or not. Right. Uh, you know, you right. kind of get into a one-on-one situation. You just kind of sit back and listen to see what his knowledge base is and whether any of that was framed or, or formed from things that you've said. And um, for me, I, I never knew if he was listening to Dad or not or whether he really, uh, you know, wanted to know more. And I learned uh, in that interview process there that he had digested a lot of what I said and was able to to share that back with Bill in a way that said, hey, listen, you know, you don't always think your kid is listening or picking up knowledge, uh, but if you're saying it, uh, if, you're, if you're trying to convey it in a, in a kind and friendly manner, um, you know, those kids, those kids want that knowledge, and, and, and they do pick it up. You know, he didn't. So that was, you know, outside of any performance things, um, you know. Right. Feet on the mound is always impressive with a game or something like that. But this told me he was listening, that he wanted – what I had to say, he liked what I had to say, and he was repeating it back to somebody else. So that was good. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's great. That's great. Uh, what's what's a big lesson you've learned through this process? Well, I think the biggest lesson, Paul, that I have learned in looking at kids' uh, youth baseball, and um, if you want to get your kids plugged into training and uh, help them develop themselves is, you know, ask questions of, of uh, coaches uh, and trainers and understand their play and, you know, their successes and their failures because everything that they've learned and experienced is going to be conveyed to your, is going to be conveyed to your child. And so right. um, you want to build on their successes, but you also want to understand 
um, there, and, you know, the failures there and what that potentially could do to influence your kid, too. So I think part of it is just the training side of it. Um, youth baseball is a is a field of weeds. I mean, it's difficult sometimes because you always get the coaches' kids in there and you're – um, there's all kinds of politics involved in youth baseball. It's not really until you get to the high school level where you get uh, a non-dad coach. Um, and uh, I'm in some ways uh, uh, relishing the moment when there's no dads involved or parents involved too much in the coaching side because I don't think it's as pure and there's a lot of um, motives that potentially can, can impact your kid's play. Um, so uh, youth baseball can be a frustration because of the input of, of parents, and um, but I think the, once the, once the kid gets beyond that, um, you know there, there's there's definitely hope that there's uh, um, that there, you know there's teams out there and coaches that are not influenced necessarily by their own kids' play. Right, there are, and there there definitely are there definitely are teams out there like that. It takes a little time to find them, but they definitely don't they don't stand out as much as the as the loud ones do, but um, they, they're definitely out there. So so I always like to wrap up by asking, what advice would you have to a dad who's listening to this? You have a wide experience of, of, with athletes in your facility. You, your, your boy is 12. Um, you've been through all this. What advice do you give to the dads who dad who's listening to this trying to figure all this stuff out? Paul, I think you put out a good article here just recently um, uh, about dads and um, you know and how to interact with their kids. I, I've taken on uh, the best thing I think I've done. I, I've taken on almost an agent role with my son uh, from the standpoint that um, you have to kind of manage what they hear and listen to and what they're getting in their training. And you have to make sure it's aligned. If the kid's goal is to be is to play the game and to enjoy the game, and to maybe play the game, you know, into high school or college years or beyond, um, you know, help help them steer them manage manage their career almost like an agent, um, and uh, provide that input because I think you know in the formative years, the early years, kids gain habits that are hard to break, especially mechanically. And um, if you're not kind of directing that kid in the right direction, I'm not saying necessarily doing the training yourself, but if you're not, if the kid's not getting the right input, uh, those habits are going to stick and they're going to be hard to break and they could be costly to a kid long term. So any right. dad that's listening, I would say, you know, help, you know, stay close to your kid, uh, almost treat the relationship as an agent where you're helping the kid obtain his goals um, and making sure you're steering him in the right direction because you really can't repeat those early years and habits are formed that are difficult to break that if you're not getting him good training early uh, it could lead to injury or problems or dissatisfaction with the game in general down the line. And I think one distinction to make in what you're saying as an agent is that um, you're acting as an agent in that um, you're the person who's protecting him, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Not negotiating yeah, I, contracts for him, but you've right. you, you got one person <laughs> who's going to watch out for his career or for his uh, his time, whatever amount of time that is playing baseball. There's one person who's got his best interest in mind, 
and you're going to try to protect that and see that he can accomplish a goal if he has one in mind. So. Right. You know, it's funny in that respect. I read an article the other day about a guy who's doing a book um, it's coming out next year all about Tommy John surgery and baseball injuries, which I'm looking forward to reading. And um, one, of the, one of the things that really struck me that even though I know I knew this, you know, I, and, I, and I think everything we share here in this podcast is stuff that we intuitively know, you know, but sometimes you need to be reminded of. But the, the guy said, if your son is an elite player at age 12, and you think that your payoff is going to come in at age 22, you know, either that being in college, professional, whatever, because that's 10 years. That's 10 years uh, of, of, you know, of pitching that your son's going to endure. And if your son is really, really good at 12 years old, it's going to be the people that use him during that 10 years and how he's used during that 10 years. So it's going to determine whether or not he, that ever manifests. You know, there's lots of 12-year-olds who are good that never even play high school, right? But, you know, when I thought about it in that way, it's like, you know, it's the people that he's going to interact with and how they're going to use him. That's going to determine whether that potential ever becomes realized. And I think the way you said it is, you know, that you're, you're not acting as an agent in the way of you're trying to get him on the best team and, and, and make sure he bats forth and plays shortstop when he doesn't pitch and stuff like that, is that you're really trying to say, this is my, my son who's a person first, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got school ambitions, he's got life ambitions, we're using baseball as this great tool, and I'm going to be his agent to put him in the right positions with the right people to make the most out of whatever God gave him. Does yeah. that sound right? Absolutely, Paul. I think just trying to help him realize his potential and whatever that might be, uh, whether that be another a different travel league, whether that be getting into high school ball, whether it be getting into college or whatever, just to protect the kid to make sure that uh, he's not being used in an adverse way by somebody else, that he's continuing to enjoy the game, and that he's also getting good instruction that's going to lead physically to a little more of a long-term future if that's what the kid wants. Um, right. So, yeah, protector is probably even as good of a way as someone who has his back, so to speak, um, and is going to protect and, and watch out for him because um, – there's a lot of different motives out there with different coaches and teams and things like that. And with such a heavy emphasis on winning, um, sometimes that can replace uh, what might be, which may not be good for your kid. And, and you have to just kind of watch and protect the kid to make sure that, um, you know, he's being, you know, he's, he's getting the opportunities, but he's also being treated well through the process. Right. Right. Awesome. All right, John, thank you so much for, for being a guest. Any final words of wisdom you want to throw out there? Uh, you know, Paul, I, you know what? I, I love seeing my kid, uh, and, and this was emphasized with Bill, but too, it's not bad to have a couple of sports that the kids like. My kid was going to play fall ball this year, decided not to. I'm opting for more training with him, and he's going to go play some basketball and uh, do some other yeah. things. So diversifying the sports, letting him have fun in different areas, um, and not overemphasizing one particular sport I think is something I think is good good for parents to hear. It's certainly something I'm doing. Absolutely. Great great way to, to, to end it. John, thank you so much uh, for being a guest. Hold, hold the line for a second. Thank you, Paul.
Hey guys, it's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education, also the development with your child. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Rick Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in, and we're just loving bringing this information to you. So, again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.